Hey, good morning. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we love you. Thank you for loving us first. Thank you that when we have been doing our own thing, pursuing our own plans, um, working on our own agenda, that still you love us and that you welcome us and that you are overjoyed to be our Father, no matter what. We love you. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hey, how y'all been? Awesome. This is my friend Lauren. Everybody go, hello. They did it. Did you hear it? Accent and everything. Good job. So um, Lauren is a freshman at East Calvita High School. They're not throwing things. That's good. Okay. All right. So, uh, and this morning is Family Worship Day. So if you're watching online, I'm really glad that, that you're watching online. If you've got kids with you at home, bring them around so they can watch as well. And this morning, we are not only uh, streaming on Facebook Live, but we're also, so we get a better feed. Uh, we're also uh, now streaming on our website. So uh, we're moving our live streaming to our website. So if you go to southcrest.church slash live, uh, you'll get a better uh, feed and maybe some more interaction uh, if you'd like to go there and watch the service online rather than Facebook Live. So I'll give you a second to navigate over there. And if those of you are on LaGrange campus, I want to welcome you this morning as well. And I don't know whether uh, uh, everyone at uh, LaGrange heard this, but I want to just uh, mention this to everyone again. But we had a, we had a goal of uh, giving 3,672 pounds of food, and we ended up uh, giving 3,980 pounds of food. Excuse me, 3,940. Sorry, I don't want to exaggerate. So that's good. It's great stuff, right? I feel certain that somebody today will show up with 60 pounds of food just so we can say it was two tons. Uh, I'm sure I feel certain somebody will do that. Um, So um, anyway, I want to tell you that. One other thing uh, I need to tell you about, and I'm going to move the sweater collar because this microphone keeps catching on it and making strange noises. Um, The other thing is, uh, again, about our our Christmas Eve services. And uh, so please go online and reserve your seats for our Christmas Eve services because it's like inviting somebody over to your house. And then they get there, you go, oh, it turns out uh, we don't have anywhere for you to sit. So why don't y'all stay out in the driveway? Uh, And we'll come and get you in a few minutes because I don't want anybody to show up for our Christmas Eve services. This is our, our church family Christmas together. Uh, and so I don't want anybody to show up here and then say, well, we don't have room for you in here, so we'll move you down to overflow. Uh, I mean, that's, that's fun, and it's said, wow, we had overflow and all that, but for the people in overflow, it's not so great. So what we want to do is make sure we've got plenty of seats for everyone, and if need be, we're willing to add another service or another 12, uh, whatever, however that works out. So, uh, but please, if you would be willing to go online and make, uh, get your, reserve your seats, that will let us know. Uh, and just as soon as it, there's an apparent need for us to start another service, we'll let everybody know. Just watch for that on uh, email and Facebook, and uh, we'll get that to you as, as soon as we can. So, Lauren, this microphone is really making a lot of noise. Do you hear it? It's driving me crazy. Is it? Okay. She says it's okay. So anyway, Lauren's going to read the Bible for, for us here in just a couple minutes. But uh, what I need, I need seven kids to come help me out. Just come on. Just first seven to get here. Just hurry, hurry. Okay, that's it. We got them. One, two, three, four, five, seven. I got them. Okay, come on. Come on up here. And by the way, I, I just have to say this because if I get distracted and, and I, I lose my train of thought this morning, it has nothing to do with children being here. It's Bennett's pants. 
I mean, he has the most amazing pair of pants on the front row, and it's like, wow. So anyway, all right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Perfect. All right. So you guys come over here. Come over here. All right. So, all right. Y'all see this red line right here? Down here? See, this is. Come on, come on this way. Come on, come this way. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Perfect. Okay, here's the deal. This red line, they tell me if I get outside the red line, I'm in big trouble. Not really, but that means they can't see us on camera. Okay, so we want to stay inside the red line. Is that okay? All right. So, awesome. So, do y'all want to just sit? You want to sit down? Is that okay? All right. Everybody just sit down. It'll be great. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Okay, so we're going to come this way just a little bit, a little bit more. Okay, see, like I'm in big trouble. They're saying bad things about me back in the production room because I'm outside the red line. Okay? We're there. We're all squeezed in. Perfect. All right, now, I'm going to talk for just a minute. And by the way, I know there are children here this morning, and so I know they're going to make some noise, and that doesn't bother me. I have three children, so I'm used to that. So parents, don't worry about it. You know, and, and kids, if you can't see, if you want to stand on your seat, that's okay with me. Now, your mama goes, you ain't standing on no, stay on no chair in church. I don't care. I'm not telling you to disobey your mother. I'm just telling you it's okay with me. So if you can't see, if you want to stand up on the chair, that's okay. And adults, if you can't see and you want to stand up on your chair, you can do that too. Okay? And so I'm just assuming, I know there's going to be some whispering and some shh. That doesn't bother me. If I hear noise, I'm just assuming you're picking up what I'm putting down. And, oh, and there was like, if people start moving around, I'm just assuming that's just the Holy Ghost moving around in here. So we're, we're okay. So anyway, so I, um, so I got these cookies. Y'all want a cookie? Yeah, right? See, I made these. Thank you. Yeah. See, I'm, I made these. See, somebody's ought to be funny backstage and see somebody took a bite out of that one. You see that? It's gross. Right? So I made those. I sold them to Kroger and then I went and bought them again this morning. So if they're delicious, I made them. If they're gross, it's Kroger's fault. All right? So I'm pretty excited about Christmas because Christmas, we're just 16 days away. And so 16 days away from Christmas means that some of us are in hardcore panic mode because somebody just realized, oh, crud, that's two weeks. Uh, I have things I need to do. There are men in this room who are starting to sweat because you know you better deliver on Christmas and your wife has, has expectations are here. And I have one word for you, Jared's. You should go there today. Uh, you should spend a lot more than you were planning on because you've already messed up. <laughs> you should have had a plan for this in August, and you know what I'm talking about. Right? So, but anyway, so you know, lots of expectation, a lot of excitement. I mean, you know, we, love, uh, we love Christmas at, at our house. You know, what we'll do, uh, Christmas, we'll, come, we'll be here. Uh, our family will be here for the Christmas Eve services, and then we go home. And so, uh, you know, I, you've heard about my lack of affinity for turkey so on Christmas Eve, we go home and we cook steaks about the size of my leg. Uh, and so we, we cook those. And uh, my wife, Lori, she makes a happy birthday Jesus cake. And she's done that for next week. We'll have been married 30 years. So she's done that for 30 years. She makes a little, it's a white, it's a little cake with white frosting. And she puts red and uh, green sprinkles on it and birthday candles on it. And we sing happy birthday Jesus. And she says, every year she says the same thing. She says, what's the white icing for? Because through the purity of Jesus. 
And he said, well, about the red and the green. And, well, the green's for new life, and the, the red's for the blood he's, he's spilled for us. So, you know, so we do that. Every, but it's a big deal. It's, really, it's a, a tradition in our house. We do that. And uh, I, we have hot chocolate other times during the year, but Lori makes this special hot chocolate on Christmas Eve. And so, but, you know, hot chocolate is no good unless you put marshmallows in it. So then I started doing this a long time ago, but with two of my kids, they get about 15, 20 feet away, and I start throwing marshmallows. And so he can catch them in their mouth. Uh, so that's, it's weird, right? But that's what we do. And um, so we do that. And then, you know, in Christmas morning, we have this big giant breakfast. I call it Fat Daddy Breakfast. And uh, so, you know, my wife Lori says that I have this secret desire to work at Waffle House. Uh, so I make like hash browns and eggs and pancakes and Belgian waffles and bacon and sausage and country ham and biscuits and cinnamon rolls. I mean, it's enough breakfast for 47 people. Um, and, but that's the, only, that's the only day all year we eat breakfast. Uh, the rest of the year we'd like, oh, well, whatever. So we do that, but, you know, but then, you know, and, and then we, you know, and everybody's like, hurry up and eat, hurry up and eat, hurry up and eat, because when we everybody wants to go to presents, because that's what's really important, right, is open their presents on, on Christmas Day. So, you know, we, and so, you know, we do this deal. Somebody's got to open their presents, so get, get, and one at a time. I mean, did, did, how, how many people just rip into, say, go, and everybody just rips into them and, and just immediately tears into them? Anybody do that? Oh, we all use our manners. Here, open this one. Now it's your turn, right? Do that. So that, that's, that's sort of what we, what we do at Christmas, and I hope that, uh, that you guys have awesome, incredible Christmas stuff too. So, um, but I love giving presents to my children. I, I, I love it when I give them something and they go, wow, that's just what I wanted. Because when I was a little boy, we had this thing called Sears Catalog. Anybody ever, ever seen one of those? And, and you got the toy catalogs. My dad, my dad bought me something from FAO Schwartz when I was a little boy. So they sent me a catalog every single year, which was, you know, was great because they had these gifts that were $4,000. And uh, so I would always say, that's what I want. And I, I never got those things. And so, you know, when you're, when you're real little, you know, you think you want 7,000 different things. Every commercial that comes on TV, everything that you see in the store, I want that and that and that and that. And you think you're going to get all of it when you're little. And then you get to be a little older, you get to be seven, eight, nine years old, and you, and you narrow that list down from 7,000 things to like 700 things. And you think, well, I'm only getting 100 of those things. And then you get a little bit, a little bit older, you get to be in high school, and you think, well, I just want seven, 60 or 70 things. And you think, well, but I'm really only going to get five, and one of those is going to be a car. Right, Dad? And Dad always goes, no. Uh, so uh, in, anyway, and then you get, you get married, and then it starts all over again because then your circle kind of continues. You're giving things to small children again, and that's a lot of fun. And by the way, I think I told you all this a couple of weeks ago, but if you have small children this Christmas, you should just give them a box, just a box. Wrap it up. You know, go, go get a shirt box from a department store. You know, put some tissue paper in it, wrap it up, put tape on it, and then and they're fine. They are fine. They will open that box. They'll, listen, they're 18 months old. They will never remember. And, and listen, save yourself a lot of money. Uh, and uh, then because they'll, they'll open that one box, they'll go to sleep uh, because they'll be worn out and all the stimulation and everything else. I'm just life lesson. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, in Luke chapter 11, it says, um, what father would give his child a snake when his child asks for a fish. So God gives good gifts. And so that's what I want to take a look at for just a few minutes this morning. And so uh, looking at the gifts that God gave us. So if you've got a Bible with you, you can uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can follow along online uh, at notes, and you can follow along right there. So, um, Lauren, you ready? Okay. So, uh, so we're in Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 
three. All right, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. Whoa, that was really good. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? See, you were just kind of cruising along thinking we're going to read for three minutes. And you're like, okay, why don't, no, no, we're going to stop. It's the word of God. This is important. All right, those last two words, what were they? You scared me. I have to I find it. <laughs> Let's just start again. It's okay. Okay, okay. It's all good. It's, it's, it's the word of God. We can read this over and over again. All right. <laughs> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. Whoa, there it is. Blessed us in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. In Christ. Did you hear that? That's really good, right? That's really good. So will you hold this sign for me? Okay, you see what it says? In Christ. Okay, so hold that so everybody can see. All right? And you hold this one right here. Okay? In Christ, right? All right, so those are really, really important words. Those two words, especially in the New Testament, define who we are in our relationship with God. And, I mean, if somebody says, who are you? If you're a Christ follower, you can say, I'm in Christ. If somebody says, where are you? You can say, I'm in Christ. If somebody says, how are you? You can say, I'm in Christ. If somebody says, um, why are you? You can say, I'm, I'm in Christ. Um, if somebody says, when are you? You can say, I'm, I'm in Christ. And, why, and those two words provide us security. Uh, they, they, they provide us joy. They provide us hope. Those two words, I mean, just wrap, everything just wraps around those two words uh, because it's not that, that we're hoping to be there. Or one day we might be there, but we are in Christ. And the Bible teaches that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can separate us from Christ. In, in Romans 8, it says, For I am persuaded that neither um, death nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if you are in Christ, once you have a relationship with God in Christ, there's nothing that can separate you from that. And that is an incredible gift that, that God gives to us. So the first one is in Christ. So let's read some more. Start all over again. Okay. <laughs> Blessed be Whoa, let's stop right there. That's a good one. See, that, that's, that's a word. That's a word we use at church a lot, right? You hold this one for me? Blessed. All right. See, at, at church, we, we said, now, now what does that word blessed mean? See, really, when you say bless, you are adding value to someone. You're adding value to something. You say, well, look, I, I see who you are, but I'm going, I'm saying that I bless you. So you're saying there's something more there than we can ordinarily see. And so, as Christ followers, we talk about the fact that God has blessed us because we are in Christ, we are blessed, and we say that we have more value now than we had before we were in Christ, and so God has blessed us. But Paul writes here, the very first word he says in verse 3, he says, blessed. So, and people say, because this is a question people ask a lot, well, how can I bless God? What does that mean? I, can't, I don't have the power in me to bless God, so I can't do that. Well, actually, you can because the Bible just said it that you can. It says that blessed be God. So that's something that we can do. And so to bless is to ascribe value or worth to someone. 
So as Christ followers, because we are in Christ, have a relationship with God through his son Jesus, we can bless God. And so when we bless God, we are, uh, we are saying, look, I can't make him be any better. I can't make him be any uh, more loving or kind or generous. Or I can't make God be more godly. But what I can do is that I can ascribe worth and value to him by blessing him. So when, I, when we bless God, that's what we're doing. We're assigning, ascribing worth and value to him. We're saying, look, you are even more than I can even understand. And so when we bless God, we are saying that you are incredible in our lives. All right. Why not? (laughs) Blessed, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That's a lot. We're not going to talk about it, but that's a lot. Do you hear that? Every you, every you have every spiritual blessing is available to you in the heavenly places. Uh, that there is nothing. And so here's what we tend to do: is, is that God says, "Look, open your arms up. I got every blessing in the world for you. Do you want it?" And we tend to go, "No, I don't really want it. I got it. I'm, I'm okay." But you can open yourself up to God and say, "Yes, I want every blessing that you have available to me." So sorry, I wasn't going to talk about that at all, but we just did. So let's keep going. It's okay. You're doing great. Thank you. You should be on TV. Oh no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless. Whoa, 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 those, those are good. Let's talk about those, right? Let's talk about those. So, holy, blameless, all right? Those are, those are important words, right? Now, what does that mean? That means that when God looks at us, he doesn't see us as being dirty or awful or rotten or thieves or liars. He looks at us and he says, look, you're, you're blameless. You're blameless. It, and, it, see, and blameless is, I mean, what we all know, well, that is because when somebody does something and says, well, who did this? And we, all, and we always want to say, well, it was somebody else. We never want to say it was me. And so with God, we don't ever have to sit there and go, well, you know what? Um, It was somebody else because he looks at us because we are in Christ. He looks at us and says that we are blameless and he sees the good in us. And this word holy over here, this is a really good word too because this word holy means to be set apart. And so God says that he loves us so much that he has put us in Christ and that we are, he looks at us being blameless and he says, I'm setting you apart, you're mine. That's that's what that really means, that God says, I love you so much that no matter what you do or what you say, you're mine. I want you. I'm picking you. Uh, I I want to have this relationship with you. And so the fact that God sees us holy, that's huge. All right? Right? Right. Right. (laughs) All right, let's keep going. In love, he predestined us for adoption. Well, that's another good one. Let's stop right here. All right? So... We're adopted. So what does that mean? Well, in, in the Bible, the idea of adoption is very simply this, is that an adopted child has every right and privilege as a natural-born child. And so if you want to sit there and think, well, you know, God doesn't love me so much because I've messed up and I've done things I shouldn't have done. I've been with people I shouldn't have been with. I've said things I shouldn't have said. You know what? It turns out that really... 
that we are adopted and that God loves us no matter what. There's nothing that you can do to make God love you any more, nothing you can do to make God love you any less. And so this whole idea of, of adoption is that we can look to him as father and look to him as a perfect father, not uh, a father who's going to mess up or forget something about us or is going to betray us or is going to say, I'll be there to pick you up and doesn't show up to pick you up. Uh, but actually, he is a father that you can be, that can be loved and trusted and that you can uh, absolutely put all that you have into your relationship with him because you can trust him. All right. Okay. <laughs> in love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Okay. It says that he lavished... He lavished his forgiveness on us. I mean, do you know what the word lavish means? I mean, you, I mean that's like somebody that is like a man and a wife that live in a 72-bedroom house. That's lavish. That's way more than you need. It's extravagant, way more than you can ever imagine. That, that's what it is. I mean, when you sit there and go, lavish, I mean, that's incredible that he just pours this out. And this word forgiven, now this is a different color than all the other ones. Now why? Because we all have to be forgiven. That's what's crucial. That's what's really, really, really important. And we have to be forgiven of our sin. Now what's sin? Sin's breaking the law. Whose law? God's law. That's from 1 John 4, 4. And so when we are forgiven, then we can understand that, yes, we're in Christ, and we can bless God, and that we're holy and blameless, and that we're adopted. We're forgiven. That changes everything in our relationship with God. That's why Jesus was born at Christmas, so that he could live a perfect life here, that he could set an example for us, and that he could die for our sins. He was born so that we could be forgiven. It's huge. And so let's talk about forgiveness for just a minute. That, that, that we're, we're fully forgiven, that we're freely forgiven, and that we're forever forgiven. All right? So let's talk about that for just a minute. Okay? So first, fully forgiven. Not partially forgiven, but forgiven for every single thing that you have ever done. Fully forgiven. Romans 8.1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, I'm going to say that again. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So uh, one thing that, that we encourage our children to do is to learn memory verses. Okay, so we're going to learn that verse together right here. Okay, we're going to do that. This is Romans 8.1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, so four of you did great, all right? <laughs> so I'm going to count to three, and we're going to try that again, okay? One, two, three. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How much condemnation? None. All right, let's say that one more time. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Awesome. So we are fully forgiven. You know, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like when you're pregnant. You either are or you aren't. You're not partially pregnant. We're not partially forgiven. 
Okay, we are fully forgiven. Uh, we are freely forgiven. We, we don't earn this forgiveness. We don't earn their forgiveness, but God says, I'm going to give you this forgiveness. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, um, it says, by grace you are saved. It is a gift, not that anyone should earn it. So it's not something that, that we earn. It's given to us freely. Uh, we have, uh, we have uh, it's not something that we walk the right way and talk the right way, but it's given to us freely. And the last thing is that we are forgiven forever. So when we have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus, we are forgiven forever. And it lasts forever so that we can be with God in heaven forever. Uh, and I really don't know anything that's any better than that. Right? Does that make sense? Everybody got that? We good? All right. So, do you mind guys giving my signs back? And you can run back to your parents. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You did a great job. Give them a hand. Way to go, everybody. All right. So I have a short little video that I'd like for you to watch. And it's just a couple minutes. So we'll watch the video and then I'll come back and we'll wrap everything up. Okay. God is perfect. Why? Because he is God. He is wise, generous, loving, and good. He has no sin in him, not one bit. We are not perfect. Why? Because our hearts are sick and dirty with sin. We have all sinned against God. This means we are separated from him and we are born outside of his family. Sin creates a barrier between us and God. It also affects our relationships with others. Sin makes a mess of everything. Yes, everything. And we can't do anything to fix this mess on our own. But, because He is gracious and loving, God did something incredible. He sent His Son, Jesus, into the world. Jesus lived a perfect life. Yes, totally and completely perfect. What else did Jesus do? In love, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He took the punishment that we deserved. And he made a way for us to know God. Because Jesus died for sin, those who love and trust him can be forgiven. And they can be brought into God's family. Jesus removed the barrier between us and God. So what does this all mean? It means that all the sin that keeps us from a relationship with God and others was taken care of by Jesus. God forgives fully, freely, and forever. And because Jesus forgave us, we forgive others fully, freely, and forever. So when you say something that you shouldn't say, do something you shouldn't do, it makes a mess, doesn't it? And the problem is when you make a mess, and you squeeze the toothpaste tube, you can't get the stuff back in the toothpaste tube. And so you're just stuck with a mess. Right? So forgiveness is I love you in spite of the mess you made. And the mess that you made got into my life but I still love you. 
That's forgiveness. You can't take the words back. You can't call a do-over. You just got a mess. And so Christmas is a great time to forgive people who have hurt you. Yeah, I, 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 but Arthur, you don't understand what they said. No, I don't. But you, you don't understand how deep the wound is. No, I don't. But as Christ followers, we can choose to forgive those who have made a mess in our lives. We can do that. So, well, I don't know that I can. Well, I, I think you can because what happened is that you made a mess and God chose to forgive you. So I think you can do that. So Arthur, and see, here's the thing. You talk about forgiveness and we go, but, 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 but I know I should do that, but how? Look, very simple. And we'll talk about this after the first year. We'll, we'll take a whole Sunday just to talk about this. Well, look, what, what you need to do, okay, you've been hurt, okay? You've been hurt. Put a label on it. I don't know. You got screamed at, yelled at, ignored, abandoned, whatever. But you were hurt, okay? Someone hurt you. They owe you, okay? So what you're doing is you're charging them the debt. You say, okay, you took something from me. You took my happiness, my joy, my peace. You took it from me. You owe me. And so because you owe me, you've got to do something for me. That's where the hurt comes in, okay? But you've got to say, this is what you owe me. You charge them with the debt, and then you cancel the debt, wipe it out. You say, I forgive you. Now, you don't have to say that to the person who has hurt you. The Bible says that we should make every effort to do reconciliation, but sometimes reconciliation is not possible because sometimes the person we need to be reconciled with has died. Sometimes that person that we want to be reconciled with will not talk to us, will not even be in the same state that we're in. If they were to find out you were coming to see them, they would leave. See, it's a spiritual exchange. And you can say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I forgive, name the person, for what they did. And you be very specific about what they did. That's how to do forgiveness. And we'll talk a lot more about that sometime after the first of the year. But that's how it starts. And God forgave you. And this morning, if you have never placed your trust in Jesus, whether you're five years old or 105 years old, if you've never placed your faith in Jesus and said, Jesus, will you save me? Today would be a great day to do that. You know, you can pray something along the lines of, Jesus, I have made a big mess out of my life. I can't clean it up, but I know you can. Will you save me? Put your faith in him today, and you can begin a relationship with him. Now, if you're in kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, and that's something you want to do today, look, in just a minute or on the way home this morning or sometime today, you go and tell your mom or dad, say, hey, look, I want to trust Jesus today. And mom and dad... You step up, step up to the plate and say, okay, 
I want to help you with that. And show them how they can begin that relationship with Jesus. It's one of the great privileges you'll have in your whole life to be able to talk with your child about their relationship with Jesus.